Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Jim Stam. Jim, how you doing, brother? I'm doing okay, man. It's just us today. Just the Bash brothers. Let's do it. Yeah, and you ought to be raring for a fight. I mean, you were just negotiating a car sale before this, so (laughs) chances are you're probably ready to do some haggling today. Man, I'll tell you, that is um, a tiring endeavor, but uh, yeah, um, this actually won't be that bad compared to that. So, <laughs> Well, the show is packed this week, bro. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll start with how this last week went, and then we're going to jump into David Bednar from a bunch of angles, and finally, Call Your Shot is going to send us on a bit of a prospect journey, I think. so. Nice, nice. Um, dude, I'm pumped. Even with a losing club, there are so many interesting things to discuss. Always, definitely. Like, and 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 uh, this is just something. Did you happen to see that thing that uh, I took a screenshot off of off of uh, the Pirates post game where they were like, "It's been the most one or two run games in the last thirty years in baseball for a yeah. month." Like the Pirates were in like sixteen one or two run games in the month of June, which is the most since like the 1991 Cleveland Indians. Isn't that incredible? It's, it's incredible. incredible. It's incredible how many um, things we've never seen before have cropped up with a team that <laughs> yeah. in all sincerity, most people aren't paying any attention to right now, which, you know, rightfully yeah. so in some cases, I get it. But Well, and, and, and the thing I was kind of going to lead into with that is um, – it's been kind of miserable because they haven't been closing any of those games out, but at least they've been in the position to be in that position, if that makes sense. So like, it does make sense. It's, 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 it's not the progress you want, but at least you're having those conversations. Now it's gotta be, can we get some of those turned into wins? So anyways, you know, it's bad, but it's not all bad. Yeah. I mean, all that adds up to rough week. And you could probably cut and paste that intro into a discussion from like 30 other shows we've done. Uh, This one was especially poor, if only because the Rays beat up, you know, they're beat up right now. And and the Nationals are just awful. Um, To go one and five in that stretch is just gross, no matter how it happened. And what takeaways did you have besides that whole super close game thing? Um, you know, I will, I will give them a, a little pass with Tampa still just simply because like Tampa, Tampa does good with less a lot. And so, um, that just seems to probably be business as usual for them sometimes. Also at Tampa, they are pretty tough. Like yeah. they have, they know I've, the I've, ballpark yeah. they know how it plays. They know when they hit a ball in the gap, no matter how fast that runner is, the gap is big enough that you're not going to cut them off. So they take that extra base. They, right. They know everything about that ballpark and their coach to do so. Yeah. I mean, just if you look at things with them with leads and games there and just overall record and that, that's still a tough, a tough sure. uh, place. I, I always get screwed up with the Rays because, you know, sometimes we talk about them with this mystique, like they're, 
through this juggernaut. They ain't won anything ever. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, yeah, they're a well-run organization. I, I admire how they keep the wheels on by spending nothing yeah. year after year after year. But, um, they've never won the whole thing. And we probably talk about them with more mystique than we do the Yankees. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, certainly here in this market, there's almost a reverence for them because yeah, they're the they're king. S- of, they're the king of the poor fools. That's what the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the top they, of the mountain. They're what we aspire to be, sadly. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, so that that that's that the national series. That was a little rougher to uh, swallow, at least at least in that completely wild one where it was. uh Oh my God! Where? What do you want to talk about? The, the fourth, the fourth out, the the uh, three. No, I mean, that was insane. That fourth out thing, and <laughs> I mean, I immediately on on Twitter was like, you know, what? What was this? You know, I'm I got animated right away. I was irritated that the umpires didn't know what was going on. I was irritated how long the game was stopped. I, yeah. I couldn't understand how how the hell a line drive double play wasn't ending ending with no run, <laughs> and like you know, a bunch of people on uh, on Twitter start hammering me. Of course, that it's the right call that the run scored. It still doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. I agree. I, I agree. get it, but if it happened to my team, I'd be furious. Furious. Uh-huh. And then, and then there was two runners that almost scored on top of one another at the plate, and it was just one of those wild games. Like uh, my wife came down and saw that play, and she's like, "Oh, I've never seen that before." I'm like, "That's like the t- third least weird thing of this ball game." And uh, so, but I mean, hey, that was like from Major League, man. When uh, Willie Mays Hayes yeah. was like, "Yeah, he scored right after the other guy." Right. Yeah. It's- so, I, I mean. Look, the Pirates right now, especially with uh, Bednar, and we'll get into that, is they, they, yeah. they've really been shorthanded in the bullpen. Um, I think we've got some guys coming back there with Underwood and Peters that are going to help out there too. So um, th- those guys are needed. I think people tend to dismiss them. They're really needed during the middle they, of No, they it, really are. And I, yeah. and I think we have seen, you know, because of the injury, some other guys kind of stepping up a little bit. You know, like I think Chase DeYoung has really stepped up. He has. And, um, he's done pretty well all year, but like recently, he they've been handing him some leverage because they really didn't have a choice. And Chris Stratton was painfully, you know, problematic too. So Chase DeYoung has stepped up and filled that role quite nicely. And uh, Gary De Los Santos, you know, got the close yesterday. And yeah, we should we shouldn't just gloss over that. That was a big no, moment. It was, for him. it was good to see because you know for a long time he was up here. They didn't do anything with him, mm-hmm. and and recently uh, again out of necessity, I think starting to get some more opportunity for the kid. Starting to starting to look a little more comfortable. Yes. Yeah, and he's definitely got the stuff that'll play. So you know, I guess. All of this stuff, we should really, because we're going to be talking a little bit more about roster moves as we go. Right. I think a lesson that you take out of all this is injuries lead to opportunity an awful lot more than they lead to pain when your team isn't that much to, to be happy about in the first place, right? Sure. So when a Kevin Newman gets hurt, initially you're like, oh man, there goes our shortstop. We're kind of screwed. But you get to see the glut of players that have come up here just resulting from that one injury, really. Well, yeah. I mean, look what's happened in our outfield. 
just with yeah. you know with uh, guys getting hurt, and uh, that started all the way back in spring training with Greg Allen, and um, went to the uh, Gambles of the World, and then Marisnik or Marisnik first, and Ga- I mean, so uh, I, I of course you don't want the injuries, but it's nice to see opportunities arise, and then see what guys do with those those chances. You know, I noticed something small and weird. The, um, last year, I was thinking um, if if the Canaan Smith and Jigba um, injury had taken oh, yeah. place last year, mm-hmm. we probably would have seen Twitter flooded with cursed, cursed, cursed. Right? Yeah, it happened this year. He had a decent start. People were kind of excited about what he was doing. He got injured pretty big right away. They're like, "Oh, sixty day broken wrist. He's out." I didn't see people losing their minds. I didn't see cursed, cursed, cursed. And I don't think it's that people didn't care about Kane and Smith and Jigba. I think it was more, okay, well, we've got a bunch of other guys. and you know, like. it's, it's funny. As you said, even when you first brought up his name right there, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. And yeah. we live and sleep the Pirates. And until you said that, I hadn't thought of him recently. Well, if you, if you think of him... And then you talk about that opportunity thing. Blind Madras hasn't gotten this shot, no matter how he's been hitting. If Cannon Smith and Jigbia came up here and was still hitting and didn't get hurt. Right. That's how crazy this stuff is. If Greg yeah. Allen didn't get hurt in spring training, we probably don't see Jack Sawinski as early as we did. Oh, I think that's a definite. Yeah. So there's yeah. just so many things that had to happen in order to have this perfect storm of all these kids come up here. And it's pretty cool. So let's take a break, Jim. And when we come back, let's hit David Bednar hard. Oh, let's do it. I can get that arm loosened up here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Jim, I think we got to talk about our poll questions. That's right. Plural. Multiple questions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about our concerns regarding David Bednar's usage like countless times. So you took it upon yourself a couple weeks back to just ask a very simple question. Do you take issue with how David Bednar is being used. I mean, the results were pretty stark. No, 73%. Yes, 27%. And it was just, just throw this in there. It was just when that started to kind of reach a, a point where people were talking about it. He had started being used a little differently. And right. So anyways, go ahead. Right. And it had been a subject on the show a couple times where, where you and I were both I don't know. Like, yeah, is we it had good Josh they're using him two innings. I don't know. We had Josh Taylor on when we first started kind yep. of discussing that. So yeah, right. So because we're evil, we both are secretly fascinated by how people think. We did it again. Same question. That's right. This time the result shifted. Yes is now sixty-two point four percent, and no is thirty-seven point six. First one. David looked like a horse who could plow the whole field. Second one, David looks human and on the cusp of an IL trip. (laughs) 
Jim, I thought this might creep closer to 50-50 maybe, but this was a total reversal. It was, man. Yeah, like, you know, I I was was just really curious because it was quite a – to me, like we talk about just like it's just a little experiment. Let's just – uh, throw it out there again and then see if in a couple weeks things had changed. And um, yeah, I mean, it almost flipped I, and, and it was pretty stark one, one way that people were not worried about it. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, as soon as there was a little bit of issue and he wasn't being used and then we didn't know why. And then we find out right, it's his right. back. But like, then people are like, Ooh, man, maybe that does matter, you know, like a little bit of buyer's remorse there. And, and you know what, that's fine. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on people too much about it because like, Hey, you get new information sometimes and your, your perspective can change. And I also don't want to pretend that the same exact people that voted in the first one voted in the second one. We're just randomly pulling. Okay. Like, listen, (laughs) we understand it's not scientific here. (laughs) <laughs> it's just there's something to be said for it and I, I did have a feeling that it would shift like I said I thought it would be a little more to 50-50 he's not on the IL yet so I kind of thought some people would kind of stubbornly hold on to no it doesn't matter or yes I love it or what you uh-huh. know it's just a little weird that it shifted that much a complete yeah. flip you know and it raises some some questions though what do you think of his usage now? I mean, I don't think that we're going to sit here and proclaim right or wrong one way or the other, but no, did they do anything wrong here? I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, and here's the thing, you couldn't prove it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like there's no way to prove whether, I mean, you know, you might've, anything can happen at any point in time. And, you don't know if it's cumulative or happenstance or, or whatever. So, you know, I, do I think they did anything egregious? No. Um, do I think it, do I think it's just a reminder of how maybe you don't want to abuse these guys in these positions? Cause once they're out for anything, you realize how much you do miss them and need them. Yeah, maybe. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting. Like what, what you just commented on kind of made me think about an interview that I heard on Bucks in the Basement with, with our buddy Craig. He yeah. had Matt Caps on. And uh, I, I reached Farm. out to Craig afterwards to tell him what a great show it was and how timely it was for what we're recording. Because I you know, I actually I'm really super happy I got to hear that. Yeah. Before this. R- Craig told me they recorded that last Thursday. Oh wow! Okay. So those those comments from Matt Caps, which I guess we'll tell you about, <laughs> even oh, yeah. though I, yeah. even though yeah. I want you to go listen there? to it, <laughs> even though I want you to go listen to it because it was a really great show. But um, yeah, because we're not going to cover everything that they talked about, right. and there were some other cool things in there too. So I, I I highly recommend you you go listen to that podcast this week. But, but before this IL thing, or even knowing that he was being held out, was broached. Matt Capps said he kind of did have an issue with it a little bit. Just from his experience, he said, you know, I don't know how good yeah. that is. You know, I shortened my career by having my arm thrown, you know, like. Well, it's really interesting when you hear a former major league pitcher 
who was a reliever, who was in certain high leverage situations, that should get your attention just to, no matter what he says, you want to hear it. Yeah. That he was, and by the way, I thought he did a really good job of being honest. Um, it would yeah, be not very, easy, not easy with his position, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, he, he was candid and uh, forthcoming, and sometimes you could see how guys would kind of want to gloss over that because of, yeah, like you said, th- their position with the organization. Right. And, and Bob walks good about that, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't listen to the broadcast an awful lot, but when I do and Bob walks on, you know, you know the comments about the pitching staff are pretty pretty yeah. in-depth and on-target, and he's, you right. know, he, he may sound optimistic sometimes, but he's mm-hmm. pretty honest, too. Yeah, and and here's the thing about Caps, too. Like, he's now been out of it enough, and I don't know how many years it's been since he's played, but, like, you can't just attribute his line of thinking to this new wave of, boy, you can't pitch anybody. Like, he's he's got enough – I don't know. He's got enough distance in him that, like, I don't want people to dismiss it like, oh, you can't let anybody throw over X amount of pitches these days. And well, he, Matt Caps hasn't pitched in a while, so this is this is uh, a line of thinking that goes back to before everyone really started getting carried away with uh, pitch counts and the analytics and whatever. Matt Caps pitched in a little different era. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think it is too, and I also think um, Matt Caps was probably never seen as a. I guess franchise cornerstone type bullpen piece. You know, he was uh-huh. a good closer, but not for a real long time. And it was never so dominant that you felt like, you know, he's he's like, a, you know, I don't want to bring up he who he who can't be named, but we had a certain lefty that was <laughs> in that class too, right? So yeah, we should probably read a few comments because we really did get a lot of them, Jim. So yeah, let's make sure that we cover that, huh? Sure. Um, let's see. This is the team that used Elroy face. It's tradition. This is from our buddy, uh, baseball and death. (laughs) So, um, okay. I get the nostalgia part of that. Um, and, and, you know, going back again, Scott Nelson, our friend, he says, I saw Teak pitch a number of multiple innings in relief outings. Bednar is not Teak. (laughs) <laughs> no. uh just in body type alone we could say we could say that that's pretty definitive yes i mean nobody knows um nobody knows that bednar has had sandwiches bigger than kent to let's put it that way <laughs> it's true um here's one from our friend elliot I know I'll be hated for this, but I feel that a pro athlete that gets overworked because he pitches one or two innings every once in a while is awful. It's just like telling your boss you're only good for five of the 40-hour week without proper rest. Uh, I kind of disagree with that view, (laughs) but um, hey, I want to show both sides of this thing because the vote shows that it was split, really, between the two of them, right? Right, and and let me say what the the first the first comments you've started out with, and bringing it back to something Cap said, he was like, first of all, that was a different era, and guys pitched a lot longer and multiple innings, and were used to that. And what Cap said is, it's not that Bednar can't do it; 
It's just that you're not training for that. So, you know, it's one of those things where can David Benark go out and throw 40 or 50 pitches in an outing? Absolutely. Can he make it through it and probably do pretty well? Sure. He's, he can be dominant, but it'd be like, to bring it back a little bit to what Elliot is saying is it'd be like a mar- like running training to do like a half marathon and then going out and just trying to run a full marathon. You know what I mean? And then expecting no issues from that whatsoever. It's like you're not built yeah. up for that yet. That makes so, sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like these guys are 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 trained to compete and 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 closers too, man they are emptying the tank when they go into games. Like it's not like starting pitching where you are trying to monitor and save some of your stuff to get you through five or six or seven innings. Whereas now you bring in closers, man, you are emptying it. And when you're doing that up in the forties and fifties, that could be different. So I get that part. I thought this was an interesting take from uh, this is probably I don't you can't imagine this is his real name Ronnie Polino. It isn't. I've actually I've actually messed with him about that. Yeah. Okay. It's um, not. It's I definitely do. So he definitely does have a problem with it. Not All so right. much from a Bednar workload standpoint, but I think it masks the underlying issue that the rest of the pen needs serious work. That's a pretty cool point. You know, um, yeah, because I, I, they have avoided the need for a setup man, haven't they? You know, it, until recently, because they they just kind of used Stratton when they absolutely had to, or when it was a game when they didn't think David could give them to, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So it, it has kind of masked the problem a little bit there. And what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, obviously they haven't had, I think, the right guy. It's funny. It's kind of like when you're building your your batting lineup and you're trying to put guys in the right positions you know, to fill certain roles. They just haven't had it. You know, I think you like Stratton maybe in like the seventh. And then you get to the eighth, and how do you bridge that to Bednar? You know, right. and so they just haven't had it in the right guy to fit that. So it's, you know, been out of necessity more than anything. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, the bullpen's got some, they got some work to do there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think there's going to be a little bit of bounce back from some of these guys too. So uh, for instance, I think Crow's better when he has the counterbalance of Dylan Peters. I think, I think having those two to kind of play off of each other a little bit from the right and left side, they're kind Uh of the same role type pitcher. I, I liked having that ability to bounce between them day after day. I think it kept them both fresh. I think in a way they were kind of competing with each other. And I kind of like just the, what that added to the depth of that whole bullpen. They it was short, re- long. It was really nice. Yeah, really, really nice. A lot of options with them. Yeah. It gave other guys where you're not having to expose them as much. Very much a domino effect. And that's why I did say mentioning about Peters and even Underwood is these are guys that you won't hear a lot of fanfare about coming back, but they are absolutely needed. And we are getting into July and August in Major League Baseball in in a bullpen that's already been used quite heavily. Right, and it's it's the hitting season to it. You know, it's going right. to happen now. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we find out very soon that the ball has changed. 
you know. Oh. Now that the Pirates <laughs> hit more home runs this month than they have since 2007. Yeah, I mean, look, if baseball baseball will mess with the baseball that's there's just no let's, doubt about that let's do one more comment that i'm going to pick one comment but there were several of this genre okay and i think that this conversation might have legs for us for a minute here bud okay okay so, all right all right uh, it's not completely the bednar issue alone this is eddie uh it's it's shelton he's not a particularly good manager he lacks the feel for how to use a bullpen we all know he's just a stopgap manager. Now, I'm not sure that we all know that. I think we all maybe suspect that. But we certainly don't really know what they're going to do with him yet. Um, and I'm not 100% sure he's had enough horses to have a fair judgment. I guess my main question out of this is, okay, we, we're questioning the usage of one bullpen piece. And it's really how much do you use them, how much leverage is too much, th- things like that. When you're when you're questioning his use of the entire bullpen, in all sincerity, Jim, I guess what I'm asking is, what looks right to you? Because I think every night I can question the bullpen use for a lot of teams that have a bad bullpen. <laughs> I have a hard time like when it's a good bullpen. Like You never question Craig Council because he's got – Suter to go to and he's got he used to have Peralta to go to and he has Hader and you know. yeah yeah I mean when you look down in the bullpen on that monitor yeah, how do you, you know what that, are you staring at picking the right guys like like even last night all right um or Beatty gives up a couple runs and people are oh Shelton doesn't know what he's doing I, I'm looking at the bullpen I know who's there I know who's available I, I don't know who you would have picked better. I don't know who you thought was going to be a better solution there. And that's what I'm asking. What does good bullpen usage look like? I don't think there's a definition for it. No, and if you remember at the beginning of the year, Shelton was being praised for the bullpen usage and how well, they he were was playing famous. well. They were playing well and they were right. getting good results. So, you know, um, boy, <laughs> you know, you can't. You can't, uh, out of one side of your mouth, talk about how bad this guy sucks. And, oh, by the way, so does this guy. He sucks, too. And this guy sucks. And then turn around and just say, Shelton can't manage a bullpen. Well, those are the guys that suck down there, you know, that you just talked about being terrible. So, it, you know, um, I'll go back to what I've always said is managers look a heck of a lot better when they've got good players. And – uh there, there hasn't been enough of that, and then, and there's been some injuries. Yeah, and I feel like when the bullpen's good, like it was early in the year, mm-hmm. and then you see something like um, Chris Stratton's really struggling, and you're really stubborn and won't take him out of the eighth inning role, even though you have other options because everybody's doing well. That, to me, is poor bullpen usage. That's the kind of stuff that I look at and go, this manager is stubborn. He needs to understand like that it's okay to move a role if a guy is showing you he needs moved. Does it with the lineup all the time, so do it with the bullpen. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think you can make that case with several things that he he, he is, has done at times, whether it's 
uh, De Los Santos not willing to try him a little earlier in some of these roles, exactly. which is related to the Stratton thing, I think. Um, Maybe yeah, they were working I'm, on something with him too, but if that's yeah. the case, why call him up? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, unless yeah, I mean, unless there was something that they stumbled onto and then they decided to just okay, well, we'll take our time with it. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, like it in. With Bednar, I'll go back to Bednar real quick. Is the last thing I'll say about that is my biggest issue with using Bednar in the situations that that he has been used in is not so much that I can can't. It's I see why they're doing it. I just don't understand why you're doing it this year with him in those situations. So that's the last part of it for me is, and that's more of an approach thing than totally mismanaging a bullpen, if that makes sense. David Bednar is one man, and he is probably the single biggest argument that tanking is not actually taking place, and the single biggest argument that the manager potentially doesn't care about this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's really all that he is. He's super good, local guy. Yeah. Um, I believe and, that he wants the ball. Oh, you, there's not going to be a day where David Bednar is not going to say, yes, I want the ball. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yes, I can. Like, he's, he's just built that way, and I love that about guys. But sometimes you have to be able to um, – protect guys from themselves and he might yeah. he is one of those guys i think that like um, he might need that yeah yeah like he's he's never gonna tell you no because uh, he's a bulldog man so yeah, like you had like sandy alcantara the other night in miami he's the first pitcher to have two complete games this year uh-huh. and um i even, i think i saw you tweet out like holy crap how this how this game has changed i mean we're we're almost in july yeah, and that's the first pitcher to have two complete games this year, and he had to fight for it. Yeah, I mean, he looked like he was going to punch Don Mattingly for coming. Yeah, out oh yeah, they, they there was a there was a spirited discussion going on there. And we're talking sure. 112 pitches, folks. Uh-huh. Bob Walk used to throw 112 pitches. I mean, like you're, we're, these aren't finely tuned athletes that used to be able to do that. So, and I do realize the game has changed, but are we maybe just? coddling all of them a little too much it it seems like the arm problems are still epidemic yeah that's the funny thing about it is um i don't think they've seen anything with um the numbers that suggest that the arm problems aren't as prevalent as they've always been yeah um so (sighs) i don't know man it's one of those things like bringing it back to what i said what right when we started this was it's hard to prove right yeah i mean yeah. bednar can go out his first day back and have an elbow issue or it could happen in a year or it could never happen and you wouldn't know how to what to attribute it to well hey thanks everybody for your participation in both polls um i think that, that kind of yeah. made for a pretty good conversation and it was interesting the way that everything continued to evolve for people as as the weeks went on and we kind of saw more and more of what we've been noticing for half the season really we might have to do something like that again for a a different one because it is kind of cool to go back and see 
Yeah, I kind of like it too. So when we come back, let's do more fan participation, huh? We'll come back and do Call Your Shot, huh? Let's do it. All right. Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And uh, Jim, something else I wanted to bring up before we get to call your shot tonight. Um, I wanted to bring up about Matt Gorski. Uh, That was a pretty bad looking injury. Uh, (laughs) I didn't actually get to see video of it. Yeah, me neither. But, you know, it's never good to see a player get carted off. And it's never a good sign. But, um... I was comforted a little bit to see a report um, from Corey Geiger and uh, um, Chris Halecki that uh, they saw him walking around the locker room after the game okay, with, good. with one crutch. So, I mean, maybe it's not, you know, as, as bad as I initially thought it was. You see somebody get carted off, you you immediately just go, oh, ACL. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, you know. <laughs> Well, and you know the way I heard someone describe it was like he he uh, he almost like fell forward, and I thought, yeah. oh my goodness, did he tear his Achilles or something like that? And then I was just, I mean, those are devastating injuries for anybody, let alone a guy who's a little bit older yeah, that right. can't afford those types of injuries. You've already got enough working against you, even though he's been fantastic. Yeah, he already missed enough time from 2020 and just when he got drafted and everything. So definitely I'm happy to uh, say say that, that he was seen walking around. And yes. I also saw somebody say that they, were, they believed it to be a quad injury. Okay. So you don't hear about that very often, do you? <laughs> so like, no. But uh, anyways – Good news, if true. Hopefully, he's okay. Yeah. Uh, he's on the seven-day IL now, so here's hoping, huh? I mean, yeah, be good. maybe it was just worse than it looked, and um, he's gonna pull the old Ben Roethlisberger, which is <laughs> carted off the field, then runs back out and uh, finishes out the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. let's hope, man, because like, honestly, he's having a hell of a season. Yeah, kid's got a real chance to to make make an impact on this team as soon as next year. And he can play a couple of premium positions that we kind of need filled too. First base, you know, right? And it, it, yeah, you know, as we talk about young guys and opportunities, um, it would have been uh, very cool to see how the rest of the year would have played out for him. So I hope he gets a chance to do that. Yeah. So hey, let's speaking of young guys and opportunities. I'm not gonna lie, I've listened to Call Your Shot, so I know what it's gonna be. But now it's your turn to listen to it. So. Andrew, Eddie, Q, call your shot. Ahoy, mates. It's been a while. Pirate Queen Banshee here at PNC Park to bleed in a bag for our fellow humans. Let's get right into my call your shot. With how Sawinski, Cruz, and Madrid are contributing to their team's performance, who do you think is going to be the next young buck brought up this season? And who do you think should be brought up? The pieces of the puzzle are coming together. We're almost seeing that entire picture. Who do you think is that next important piece? Let's go, Bucks, and more importantly, donate blood. 
All right, Jim, let's call your shot with our friend the Queen, right? Uh-huh. And uh, donating blood down at PNC. That's really cool. Good to see. What do you think of, of her question there? Who, who do you think is the first one to come up? And is it some, is it going to be out of need or is it going to be out of they're just killing it? I think it's going to be out of they're just killing it, um, yeah. which is which is great to be able to say that. Um that, that sometimes you're just forced into giving someone an opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be uh, breaking any big story here when I say that Jiwon Bay, I mean, it's my goodness, at yeah. some point, you have to give this guy a chance. And, oh, by the way, he really could help out, I think, in that lineup with the, with the role he can fill. It, which is, you know, he's got some speed. He's really good contact hitter. You know, things that like maybe we can bump Key Brian down a little bit to, to yeah, the, the two hole. G1 Bay up at the top. Like this guy, I mean, I'm just looking at his numbers, man. And we don't I mean, do dude, 319 average. Yeah. 496 slug. 879 OPS. 15 doubles. Three triples. Seven home runs. Yeah. Bruh. The guy, I know, <laughs> and you know the the big knock on him is the power, right? He, he, you know, people get yeah. very very caught up in that. But let me, but let me just throw this out there too. This is a guy that, in a thousand uh, professional at bats, only has fifteen home runs. Well, guess what? Seven or eight of those have come in the last half of those have come in the last two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty at bats. Right. So he's, what, he's what, definitely added power. What we're seeing is is little either little guy too, little yeah. guy. You'd never right. believe it, right? And 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 you almost see him in like some of these uh, players that are from. Um, Dude, either I see like, a Korean Adam Frazier. Y- yeah, like I, I really the, and the way they're taught to hit. Sometimes they are really not trying to hit home runs, so. Um, uh, they they can be taught or they can start to um, seek out more power if they want to. Ichiro could do that. <laughs> Look, yeah. I know the, nobody get carried away here. I'm not saying that he's Ichiro. I'm just saying like those guys can concentrate more on it and and have a little bit more production if they focus on that. So one of the major concerns because I agree with you, Juwan Bay would be my go-to as well. Yeah. Um, just to get back to answering the question. <laughs> and at second, yeah, and at second base is where I'm ideally seeing that, obviously. Yeah, second base, uh, I think he can fill in in center field very capably. Um, uh-huh. You know, probably better than Jack, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think the big concern that I've seen is there's already so many left-handers up here. You know, do you bring another left-hander up? So let's take a look at his splits, huh? You know, we don't usually make this a stat show. but We really think- don't. I think it's pretty important when you really are, are talking about something like this. Against left-handed pitching, 375 average with, with a 525 slug and a 944 OPS. That's stupid good. That's against left-handed pitching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> against right-handed pitching, 292, 482, 848. Yeah. I mean, I, he's actually better against lefties. Everything you look at, Gary, with him is he's just a hitter. 
Like, yeah. I, you know, like I'm looking at his career OPS for a guy that can't hit home runs. His career OPS in the minors is 807. Yeah. Like, th- like, so this is a guy that he's doing it a lot of different ways. If he starts to add a little power, my goodness, like he's got to be given a chance sooner or later. Right. I, I don't know how you don't, to yeah. be honest with you. And you know, um, we just talked about Yu Chang getting, getting the DFA today and Marcano coming back. And I'm happy to see that. I think Marcano's earned the time up here. Uh, he's looked pretty good while he was up here. Definitely. He and Bay are pretty much going to compete. <laughs> like Marcano's a, a, a second baseman that can play in the outfield. Bay yeah. is a second baseman that can play in the outfield. Right. It's um I don't know. How do you how do you honestly sit here and say that Marcano is better? I mean, I guess you can say he's done it at the major league level a little bit. But man, I need to see Bay too. So well, I guess the only other thing you could throw in there is is any of these guys guys that they would be willing to move back out, you know, at the trade deadline for pieces. I don't know. I don't cuz it's it's like you said it's crowded. Um, right. How do you find all these at bats in the playing time? We didn't even talk about Kevin Newman, and he's definitely coming back. Yeah, Kevin Newman's coming back, which I honestly hope that he's more relegated to late defensive inning replacement and spot starting at short and second, and I hope that that's what they do, but I don't know that they will. I, I just don't know about that one, Gary. He's a, he's a, a right-handed bat in a lineup that doesn't have any. Yeah. I expect him to play. I'm trying to think of somebody else right now. I mean, we've talked about Burroughs coming up at some point, maybe. It's not Mason Martin right now. I'll tell you that. It's it's not. Um, Anybody else that sticks out to you that they could – Well, her question specifically asks for next. So Mm -hmm. I would say Bay, to me, is the the next that I think has to get a shot. Yeah. as far as like close to that for Burroughs or Cody Bolton, I think there has to be a catastrophic injury to a starter. And even then I think you might get a shot first. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a line there as far as um, when they get a chance, relievers are kind of always going to get a chance, you know? If, yeah. If they I bring, yeah. They want to bring you... in somebody else. Sure. You can always bring a guy up as a reliever and just, I mean, just for a brief stint. It doesn't necessarily mean they're starting to want to get a look at him yeah. for anything long term. The other one we, we don't mention a lot and, you know, actually heard from him today on social media a little bit. Travis Swaggerty um, sounds like his wife has gotten the medical help that she's been looking for. So congratulations to Peyton. Yes, absolutely. I hope uh, she gets well. And uh, I don't know this, but, man, I, it made me think a little bit. I wonder if, if him getting sent down had anything to do with that at all because he, he even, like, thanked the teams, the organizations, the Indians and the Pirates for letting him spend time. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. And if, if so, how did nobody communicate that? Because they took a lot of heat for the way he was treated, you know. So. Well, I had it as one of my – 
things I didn't like the most. I'm just saying, if they did something good here, it would be smart if somebody would tell us that something good was done here, right? Well, yeah, like I remember when when, uh, Ryan Switzer for the Steelers and his son, they had the medical emergencies that they had and how much the Steelers and uh, the Browns and like – you know, they, they, they circled the wagons and I mean, private jet to fly people where they needed to go. Like those are good things. And yeah, you know what? It's nobody's real business, but, but, but the family's own, but it's also nice to know that, um, human beings are still in sports and sports organizations and you'd like to hear about it. Yeah. But he's hitting the ball really well too. So, you know, if there was, um, some type of an injury in the outfield, you could see him getting a call back up. But with Ben Gamble returning, I think that'll be their fourth outfielder right there. I don't see uh-huh. Brian Madris going down. I think they really like what they've seen from him. And I, I hope they don't send Brian Madris down. What would be the, how would, how would you break that to him? You've done everything we've asked you to do. And you've more. hit lefties. You've hit righties. You've pinch hit. Uh, you we know, batted um, you three for like a week straight. <laughs> right, right. Like, thanks for all that. Great job. Here's a bus ticket. No, I, yeah, I, boy, I think you've he's arguably stay. you've arguably outshined the guy that you came up with. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. And, and don't get all ticked off, Cruz super fans. I'm not. Come on now. Yeah, the Crusaders are going to come for you, Gary. I'm sure they will, because why wouldn't they? But, I mean, See, great you can, question. We can, we can actually do a podcast, and we don't even have, have to mention O'Neill Cruz as, as as tantalizing as he is. We've just got so much to talk about. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to mention him now, because what about that line drive home run? I, I swear <laughs> to God, the second baseman had a shot at catching it. It was so low, and it, it just... Did. Stayed on that plane and got out over it like did. what a twelve foot wall, crazy. It was That's a crazy. Ni- nineteen degree launch angle. The stat cast looked stupid about how like barely arcing that line was, like yeah, you yeah. said. And I just I I rewound it like four times because I'm like, off the bat, you typically know a home run when you see it, especially something that's murdered. Yeah. And every time I watched the ball off the bat, I did not think it was a home run. I did yeah. not feel home run when he did it. I just totally because of the trajectory. You. Totally agree with you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of roster moves coming up. And Diego Castillo is a guy that has done nothing but strike out or hit home runs for about two weeks now. You know, I think seven of his last eight hits are, are home runs or something like that. Yeah. It's impressive. It's going to be difficult to send out. I feel like they have to send it out. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Well, it, yeah, and it's, it's funny with Diego Castillo because when I watch him, I actually like what I see as a ball player. I think even what he's done in right field, they've, they've um, asked him to play out there, and for the most part, he's done pretty darn well. He's even gotten pretty good jumps on balls. The technique's off, but yeah, he's looks Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's been enough of an athlete to still make some plays. But then you look at his his numbers offensively and my goodness, they're pretty bad. Um, putrid, yeah. Yeah, like the and, home and runs and the, are saving him right now. That 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 is it. and 
and his uh, right hand in this, of course. Of course. You know, so um, it's funny. Not many guys, you know, typically I'm not – when a guy is not playing well, I think it translates pretty well to when you're watching. Yeah. And then the stats don't surprise you. I'm always a little bit surprised at how bad his stats are, if that makes well, any sense. You, you kind of feel like, you know, he's taking decent at-bats. It doesn't seem like he's just all take and then, ta- you know, taking three strikes in a row or he's not he fouling balls off. He, he seems to be working guys a little bit. You know, he's taking a yeah. good at-bat, taking a good swing. Doesn't seem like he's constantly trying to pull. A lot of the things that you see with, with young players – can't put my finger on with Diego. Right. But to me, I don't think it's very controversial to say, like, I think he's the direct replacement for Kevin Newman. And I think in this case, I'm leaning towards it probably is okay to go down and, and get a little bit more work. See if you can fine tune something just to have him maybe have a little bit better eye, maybe draw some walks. If he's if, if he's going to keep swinging for the fences, okay, be a little more selective. Just f- see if you can find a way to get his average up into the two fifties. You know. Yeah, and 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 the other part of it is is you've got a guy that now this is going to start being the grind of a season for a lot of these young guys. Which is which is maybe something we 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 should talk about sometime is. Um, with with some of these guys being asked to play as many games and as innings as as they will be going down the stretch, and Diego would be one of them, is do you really want to let him struggle the rest of the year like this and just having some home runs? Right. I I would say I am totally in agreement with the fact of let him go down and get his his whole game back together a little bit. I mean, to be fair, just watching him, it doesn't seem to be troubling him at all. He seems really happy to be here. He seems really happy where he's at. He he is enjoying enjoying the games. He's enjoying the moments. Even when he had to pitch, he enjoyed that part of it. So it's a good point. He he looks like none of that bothers him. Yeah. So, but but maybe late August it would. Ordinarily, I would say, you know, I don't I don't want to flip flop him, but I. You have to try something to see if you can get a little bit more out of him. Um, he could be a really nice bench piece for quite some time, but you you have time yet to decide that. And he's had more than a cup of coffee. He's not even cracking 200. I get that the home runs are nice, but when you get that uh, veteran right-handed bat back as bad as it's been, you, you take Kevin Newman back in a heartbeat and put Castillo in AAA, in my mind. Well, I mean, everyone is very critical of Newman, and trust me, uh, there is no more critical person of Kevin Newman than me. But we're talking Diego Castillo has a two thirty six on base percentage. Right. That That's – You can't hide that. <laughs> no. There's no place to hide that in the lineup. With, with Michael, DH and no pitcher. Michael Perez thinks that's not good. you know so um but hey these are the things with young guys there's there's a lot of ups and downs with them right and uh, again talking about somebody needing to go back down is not trying to pronounce them dead Um, not at all but for somebody like a, a blind address that's a little different conversation he's 26 years old uh huh 
he better get a, a good look because it might be the only look he gets. Right. Yeah, so no. You want to leave and, him up here for a good month and, and see how he does. And and then you decide. If he's not good enough, okay. Yeah. And, and let me just give a bump to, like, athletes and what mentally they have to do sometimes. Think of the stones on a guy like Bly Madras that knows at his age – in this opportunity, he better do something or that's it. If he comes up, falls flat on his face, doesn't do anything, that's probably it. I'll and tell to you come something up I and saw deliver. in Madrid, you know, he's had a lot of nice hits. He's had a lot of nice home runs. He's had – and I've, I've followed him for a long time. And I make no, no bones about the fact that I got a soft spot for him. You know, I've, I've, I followed him pretty closely always liked the kid mm-hmm. um something that i saw when you're talking about getting your call up after you've waited that long you finally get up here he's putting up some thrilling numbers after that first game he's super excited right the very next game he comes up there's a runner at first base he knows he has to move that runner over okay <laughs> he intentionally gets out you know, hits the ball where he's supposed to into the hole, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Intentionally gets out, pulls the second baseman all the way over, so he has no choice but to go to first base. Instead of maybe swinging at the four or five pitches that were outside corner that he could have popped over to third base if he wanted to or rolled over, that to me is maturity because he, he didn't come up here hunting numbers as much as situational ball he's playing it right you know and, and i yeah. like that sort of thing so i think you can be mature you can be too mature in triple a that happens too people will rot on the vine down there sure i think this is uh he may be perfectly ripe and they may be really lucky that they didn't miss him so let's see but um yeah, the next one that has to come up is definitely got to be G1 Bay, and that's all yeah. I got. <laughs> no, no, like, um, it was a good question, but it's it to me, it's it's just obvious. And the more you start looking into his Bay's numbers, is what you're just seeing is is a guy that can play baseball and he can hit and he can run. And my goodness, for a team that needs to manufacture runs a little bit more than most teams do. Man, I'd love to just see him get in there and 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 get some work at the top of the lineup. And if, even if it's just with Marcano and him kind of splitting duties, I'd be yeah. fine with that. I mean, how do you platoon that? <laughs> you got two lefties, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to have to address it. But you're right when you talked about maybe they're going to have to deal somebody because that that may very well be how they have to handle it. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in the next month when it comes to. I really hope that. They're looking to uh, either shift uh, ship people out or be willing to do it if they need to. Yeah, I totally agree. The last thing I want to bring up to you, just because I feel like it's something that, I don't know, it's nagging at the back of my head a little bit. Is this the longest you've ever seen people on rehab assignments ever? It just feels like for 
forever. And that, I mean, if anything, that ought to tell you something about the actual urgency they have to get some of these guys back in the lineup. It, it seems like it's been all year for Yoshi, at least. You know, um, Jake, I think Marisnik, I think that was probably pretty legitimate and it's a thumb and that's got to get right. Uh, Yoshi, how much was that ever even a real thing? I don't know, probably a little bit, but my goodness, it does seem like that was five months ago. It's, it does. And I'll tell you what's funny is it feels like they've been auditioning lefties over there, right? We've seen Josh Van Meter trying to play first base um, poorly. We're seeing Bly Madras still take balls there in practice. Played a few games there in AAA. Shelton said he's going to play some first base for them. Yeah. Um, why I, can't they? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say is why can't we revisit the Gamble Chavis thing over there? I think we probably will. I hope so. Here yet either. So, right. Like, right. But you know, um, like. I, I think that could work, and, and, and I really think it sp- speaks to both of their skill sets at the plate. So um, it's something that I would like to see them do. But uh, like you said, he's not back yet. But I think he's I think Gamble's really close. Yeah, either or. I mean, like, I don't care which one of them, Bly or Gamble, plays first base. Right. I think the point is, I think the team is basically trying to show themselves, hey, we don't really need Yoshi, right? And I hope that's the case because I, I kind of really am leaning towards you got to do the right thing here and not bring him back. So I don't I don't see a way that he fits on this team. I don't see where he fits logically, room wise. I don't know who goes for him. I can't find a way to make it make sense to me. I can't. think no. And what I would what I would hope is is that if anything they, they they DFA him he clears they throw him in the minors they throw him in the minors maybe he rakes and they he absolutely forces them to call him back up and see one more time and then that would be it something like that would probably be ideal but um I'll end it there I just the, you know me, man. You know I try to see things from both sides. I intentionally go out of my way to do that, even if I'm real sold on one side of the issue already. Yeah. I just can't do it with that. I cannot find a place where that makes sense to me. And when that happens, that's when you hear me make a pretty firm stand on something. And this is something I'm going to make a firm stand on. I don't see a place for Yoshi to play on this team. Right. No, unless, I think unless Daniel Vogelback were to get hurt, then maybe you could use a guy that does nothing but DH. But that's it. And even that, at this point, I'd rather use that, a versatility spot. Yep. Yeah, and and pow, and getting guys that have shown some power yep. to be able to 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 use it because he certainly wasn't doing that either. Yeah. Hey, so that's what we got this week. I think it was a good talk, man. Dude, that was a good one. So uh, we've been on people, a roll. How do people get a hold of you, brother? Uh, Twitter all the time. It is for the city underscore four one two and at Jim Stam twenty two. And um, 
Man, I just really appreciate everybody's interactions about uh, the Pirates and baseball, and just um, there's a there's some really good discussion and accounts out there, and um, uh, you know, it, it, I appreciate that because um, it wasn't always the case, but I think there has been more and more of that lately. So that's it, man. That's all I got for you. Yeah, I appreciate all the support too. The uh, the show's Twitter handle has, uh, I think, just officially eclipsed a thousand, which is pretty sweet because we've only been really around on Twitter for what I guess yeah eight nine months or something yeah so um, that's pretty cool and uh, the interaction on stuff is awesome. We put up a poll. We don't have to go around begging. We know we're gonna get a hundred hundred and fifty votes, and people are gonna talk. And you know. Sure. That's that's always nice. Uh, you guys are making certain aspects of this job really easy, and uh, we do have some chronic call your shotters. Though we do want to get some more participation from a more various group of you. So definitely it's okay. We don't bite. Send us one. <laughs> it's good. All you gotta call- do is record it with your smartphone that you're constantly looking at anyway. I don't even care if you're walking downtown when you do it. Walking into the game, do it with your kid. I don't care. I just want to see some more call your shots. So keep those coming. Definitely uh, call your shots and uh, the interaction we get on polls. And remember too, we do the live chat on YouTube on Friday nights. And those are actually really fun. And um, we get some really good discussion in there. And don't be afraid to stop by and just just pop in. I mean, I, I think some people have started to do that and they've realized it's actually a pretty good little chat. Yeah, even if the games are going on, we talk about the game too while we're sitting there. It's a lot of yeah. fun. So jump on there; it's always a good time. And uh, make sure you follow our channel, the Pirates Fan Forum. Um, yes, we're still on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, but we have our own channel, and uh, we'd really like to make sure you're following it. It makes it a lot easier to make sure you're not missing an episode. It's not um, caught up in the uh, stream of consciousness that is the ever-evolving and ever-changing DK Pittsburgh sports lineup (laughs) that just expands on for days and days. Ours will always be top if you're following our channel. So make sure you do that. Uh, After that, that's all I got. Good stuff today, dude. Let him finish it up, huh? Ben, take it over, brother. Yes, go, Fox!